Making those final arrangements after the death of a loved one is never easy, hampered even more by the trauma and cloud of grief. Randy with Stokes, Proc and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us funeral directors are experienced and their goal is to facilitate your healing. Because when there's a death, it's traumatic to most people. So we're dealing with their acute grief. One of our roles is to comfort them and, you know, and give them order where there's disorder because they don't know what to do. They're in shock, they're numb, and they need somebody to lead them down the right path. And for the most part, that's what funeral directors do or try to do. Sometimes people know what they want, but they don't always know what they need. And that's us to give them options. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Well, hello everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. A hello to all of you out there. Did you miss me? I missed you these last couple of weeks, but here we go. We're back at it, <laughs> and, and, and what did we miss over the course of the last two weeks? Oh, there were elections, and we will talk about those and all of that. Uh, there's all these other little nuggets that have popped out, but I'm very proud of all of you. Scotty is proud of all of you. We were gone for a couple of weeks, and we came back in the town. And the town is still here. You guys did not rip each other's throats over the course of the last two weeks. So good for you. Oh, We're kind of setting a, a low bar for success now, but uh, the town is still standing as I came back. Uh, again, so happy to be back with you, though. I had a nice little vacation. We're going to talk about that here in a moment as well and I'm re-energized and ready to go and just cannot wait to chat with you here for the next uh, 25 or so minutes and then of course we'll be back with you on Thursday and the following week and all of that and of course be checking all of our other great shows here at echometownradio.com hello to those who are watching the live stream on Facebook hello did you miss seeing my my beautiful sexy mug the last week or so and of course the audible chocolate drizzling into your ears so so great to be back with all of you uh remember to follow and subscribe to us on spotify and iheart if you are not already so yes i was gone for the last couple of weeks uh down south walt disney world for a vacation and just a a, a great time and, and my wife and I try to go now every four years. I used to go every other year as a child with my family back east. And then uh, my wife and I went for a honeymoon a little more than 10 years ago. And then we took the kids four years ago. And now we're taking them again recently. And we're going to go again probably in four more years. I love Walt Disney World. I'm not a huge Disney guy, though I would say that's been kind of increasing for me in recent years. But I just really like the the resorts and everything being there. I'm sure a lot of you have certain spots you absolutely love to go to. For us, it's Walt Disney World. Head on down there. 
a, a, a wonderful time. I'm fat, tan, and happy. It was hot. We tried to bring the good weather back with us, but once we got to Tennessee, driving down and back, once we, we got to Tennessee, it was too heavy for us to keep carrying, and we had to leave it on the, leave it on the side of the road. Uh, I apologize. I am disappointed. We went down, and I knew when we, when we came back that we weren't going to be in summertime here in the, the upper Midwest, but was it too much to ask that we'd be in a period where it'd be 50s and 60s with the occasional 40 and 30 as opposed to what we will be looking forward to for the next week, which will be 40s and 30s and more snow. And winter wants to hold on like, like a baby holding on to the mother's rib cage in hour 20 of a labor. <laughs> uh, wonderful time with the kids. Created great experiences. While we were there, uh, Disney, of course, has been in the news. I'm sure a lot of it's come up to this way. Obviously, politically, down down there in Florida, it's a huge issue down there because it's it's as much a national issue as it is a local issue there for their politics. Because Walt Disney World, while you and I think of it as being Orlando, is not actually Orlando, and it's got its own governmental structure, and it's all these things and all these agreements that have happened over the years, and now you got state officials down there upset that Disney is, is fighting back on certain things, and now they're all threatening to take action on Disney, and it's a, it's a mess <laughs> down there. But as I was telling somebody else, whether it's whether it's Walt Disney or anything else you like, a lot of us separate one from the other. All right, you separate. A lot of you like musicians who have a horrid track record on certain things. Horrid track record on certain things, but you like certain things about it. So yeah. So before I've already before somebody says, "Well, yeah, how can you support Disney World and all that?" That's different. Going down there, and the, the and the people that are the higher ups are going to get fat no matter what. All right, why why am I going to suffer uh, out of it? Uh, I do want to bring this up though. So I, we took a week and a half vacation. Take back your vacations, everybody. Take them back. Take your vacation time. Create experiences. Now, some of you do. You know, our, our friend Jerry Keel with Northwestern Bank. He travels a lot, takes true vacations, but a lot of you don't. And I, I know a lot of business owners in this community, a lot of higher ups that never take vacation. They might take a break a day here or there, but they never take a vacation. And there's nothing morally upstanding about you if you don't take a vacation, if you don't step away from your business. In fact, you're doing more harm than good to your business if you're not willing to step away for a moment because it's only when you step away that you do get re-energized, get recharged. You see some different ideas. And whether it's traveling overseas or staying in the States, whatever, you see different ideas, clarity comes to certain things. And also this, not to get too philosophical, on your deathbed, what are you going to be proudest of and happiest about? An experience you created with loved ones during a vacation or working until midnight one night to, to, to 
finish off a series of series of emails that could have waited until the next day. That doesn't mean when you take vacation that you can't do there. I did some work on vacation, did about two, three hours of work while I was on vacation because I wanted to. There were things that I liked to do. I liked to do some graphical stuff. I liked to do some number crunching. That was fun stuff, but I stayed away from all the stuff that I, I'm not necessarily as fond of. And the business is still running and created great experiences with the family. So take back your vacation. I'm as guilty as anybody as far as sometimes working too much and never turning it off and all of that. You'd be surprised. Step aside. The business will still be there. And, and it's, it's, it's another deeper psychological thing that we all have. Because we all, we all deep down, and this has changed a little bit since more people work at home, but it's the same idea. We're all fearful of people realizing they can live without us. We're fearful of that. It's actually a very deep psychological thing as well. People that, uh, it's very similar to a fear of death in that we're so fearful of the idea of life continuing on when we're not present for it. And that's why on a happier sort of idea, we call it FOMO, fear of missing out. But on a deeper level, it's the same as fearing your own mortality that you are important. Everybody reminds you of you being important, but you, you feel as though you're not as important when you aren't there and things continue on. So again, the, the takeaway of all of that is take your vacations and a true vacation, not a long weekend in which you take a quick jaunt to Duluth or something like that. A true vacation. Save up. You know, eyeball it. It gives you a fun goal as well. Do that. Uh, of course, while we were gone, major elections in the area. Uh, we'll talk about, obviously, the Oak Square School District race. Some quick thoughts on that because that the news cycle's passed on that. But I, I want to point this out. Some advice for the candidates out there. And this is not just pointed at those that won the Eau Claire area school district race, but all the candidates. You know, we don't talk a lot about Menominee directly, but they had, an, they had a flip over of their school board. And we've had other candidates win, city council, all that. This is an advice for all those candidates out there, especially those in contested races. Like the city council wasn't very contested. There was, there was people that were going for the spots, but there wasn't a lot of opposing ideologies. But on these school board races, you absolutely did see that. A reminder to all those that won, this was not a complete rebuke of your opponent's ideas. Whether in Eau Claire, the fact that people voted to pretty much stay the course and in Menominee to flip things over. But regardless of whoever won, it was not a complete rebuke of your opponent's ideas. You have to understand that. And I think we tend to forget that in politics more than anything else. Winners tend to always forget that there were a lot of people that didn't agree with them. And you have to remember this too. I, I use this analogy. You won. 
your your ideas did win. People want you. I'm not saying people didn't want you. They wanted you. But it's like this. The girl may be going with you to the dance. Or the girl may be dating you. That doesn't mean she didn't find things in her ex that she preferred over you. There may be things that her ex did or acted or dressed or anything like that that she preferred over you. But she chose you. She's happy with you. She likes you. Maybe loves you. That doesn't mean that there aren't some things that she preferred somebody else did. Candidates forget this. Candidates forget that a lot of people liked ideas of their opponent, including some of their own voters. People that supported them may still have found things that they liked about the opponent. And candidates forget this out of laziness and hubris. you got to keep in mind the people that didn't vote for you and the ideas they brought up. It's like being in a Guns N' Roses cover band and playing only Paradise City, but not playing November Rain. Yeah, 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 more people like Paradise City, but don't forget those who like November Rain. And too many times candidates do that. We look at, say, the Eau Claire School District race, yeah, you know, the, the, this vote shows people like the way things are going, but that doesn't mean that they like it 100%. So be open to compromise and true compromise. Don't bait and switch either. I'm not saying Tim Nordine should go on the Oakland School Board and all of a sudden start reversing everything. No. People voted in support of the way things are going, so don't bait and switch the people that supported you, but represent the community, not just those who voted for you. And that's the same in Menominee as well, where they did see a big flip. Represent the community, not just those who voted for you. There were very, very few landslides in the local elections. Most everything was at most 70-30. A lot of it was 60-40, 55-45. So represent the community, not necessarily just those who voted for you. But it's so much easy. Hey, they our side won. And, and, and it's you can do it at a local level easier than you can do it at a state and federal level because while there was some funny money that kept getting passed around in this Oakland area school district race, which is pathetic, absolutely pathetic, and I'll tell you why it's pathetic in a moment. You know, I'll keep bringing Tim Nordine up. The Democratic Party does not own Tim Nordine, and if he thinks that they own him, he's a very weak man. They don't own him. These parties and these supporters and all these people, they own the, up the higher level politicians because it's that money that allows them to operate basically as their own business, hiring their staff, owning, having office space, doing all that sort of thing, their transportation. All those supporters help to fund what in essence is their business, being a politician. At a school board level or a county supervisor level or a city councilor level, yeah, it's not the same, the amount of money uh, that's, that's coming through. 
Uh, at the end of the day, when it comes to the Oak Prairie, uh, we'll touch on this here. A recap of the, the elections. First off, with the city council, uh, really nothing that's earth-shattering there. There really weren't a lot of earth-shattering races outside of the school boards. Uh, I did like to see that that Charlie Johnson got in on the Oak Prairie City Council. Uh, we talked about it before the break. Uh, I know a lot of people want to try to draw parallels between him and a certain other young rising star in the area a decade ago. That's a lot different, a lot different. First off, Charlie Johnson's already older. He's post-college. He, he has a track record as well. Uh, so I like that. What was he, 23? I kind of like bringing that voice into the city council and another new voice. So I like that. Uh, do, does that mean he's going to be an awesome city councilor? Well, we'll see. But I like having that young view because... If this area is going to keep growing, you know, I look at it, I'm 40, all right? Some of you are 50, some of you are a little older, and you always keep thinking, yeah, we're, you know, we're the ones with the fresh ideas, but at one point, you're no longer the demographic that has the fresh ideas and is the ideas for the future. Keep that in mind. Uh, with the Oak Area School District race, yeah, I'm disappointed in that all three of the same type of candidates won. We talked about this before the vacation. Uh, I, I I just did not want to see all three of the same win. And you had that. Tim Nordine winning, no big problem with that. Uh, Markel Johnson wasn't too happy with him winning just because he didn't want to speak to you. He, he went to a safe landing spot. There's a young lady that does a little podcast in town, and he went to her. But he wouldn't talk to you. He doesn't respond to a lot of emails from constituents. Wasn't happy with him winning. Not at all. And I'm not going to play a race card there. Because I'll tell you right now, for every one person that voted for him, because maybe he's a minority, I hate to say it, you, you don't want to admit it out there, he probably lost a vote too. So we're not going to play that card. All right, That's, that's not why he got in. Uh, he got in because people liked his ideas. I just didn't like him because he wouldn't speak to you in our uh, in our interviews and then stephanie farr uh got in the one you know the the one newbie coming in and she is lockstep with the current board and if anything maybe is a little bit more to the left a little bit more progressive a little bit more liberal than the board so that's not what i was happy with i i, I would have been happy with nordine johnson and Winters or Nordine Johnson and Everson or Everson, Cronrath and Nordine. Uh, I would have been happy with any combination, uh, not happy with all three winning, but that's what you wanted. That's what you as a community wanted. I go back to what I said first, though. A lot of people voted for Winter and Everson. So, again, for Nordine and Johnson and Farr, this was not a complete rebuke of those ideas that they have, which a lot of it's built off of frustrations as the way things are going. As an aside, I'll say this. When we were down at Walt Disney World, and this is not the one, this became, you know, these types of things became the big issue for school boards and across the country. And I think a lot of people are taking their frustration of certain things to their school board because they feel as though they've got a lot of control over school boards. When we were down at Walt Disney World, they no longer say to like my daughter who's eight, hello princess. 
They cannot. They do. Everything's hello friends now. Hello friends. Like they're a bad Jim Nance. And Jim Nance himself is boring. Like they're a bad Jim Nance welcoming everybody to the Masters. Hello friends. Everything's hello friends. Except for the, the older, more experienced cast members would still occasionally drop in a prince and call me the king and all that sort of thing. They don't because how dare you, you know, call an eight-year-old girl who wants to be called a princess a princess. So that's, that's a frustrating thing and all that. And I think the, you know, the issues you have from some people like a winter, like an Everson, and of course they're, uh, some of it, some of their anger was built off of COVID protocols and all that, but also all of the the gender discussions that have been going on. A lot of it is, hey, you know, what what is the end game here? Uh, for for some of it, what is the end game? I'm not again. I I I agree with the diversity and inclusion language. A lot of it from what came out a month or so ago. But I do think we have to have much more just discussion and the and people have to be willing, especially those that are in support of the diversity and inclusion language right now, that not everybody that is quote unquote against it isn't necessarily to throw a word out there homophobic right away. They're not necessarily homophobic. They got questions and they're like being talked down to. And why is it like my daughter at Walt Disney World can't be called a princess anymore? Why? She wants to be. And I'll have some of people will tell me, well, she shouldn't be called a princess even if she wants to be called a princess because she shouldn't be, you know, uh, 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 cornered into that type of language. So what are we doing? <laughs> it's almost like we're trying to create an issue. There is issues out there. It's like we're trying to create an issue to make things even worse in order to make things better. But I don't think that's the right way of going about it. So again, to the, to the school board members who won, congratulations. I wish you the best of luck. Just don't forget, the other side voted. And in Menominee, they did flip things over. And that's not surprising because the issues in Menominee went a lot deeper than people being upset. That school board has been a mess for probably two years. There was procedural issues at their board meetings. A lot, remember, that was a same. They've had issues with profanity and people being escorted out, and pe- all these messes over in the Menominee school board. I'm not surprised people wanting to flip things over there. There's a lot of parallels, not necessarily in ideologies, but a lot of parallels between what's going on in the Menominee School Board and the community view and really what you had with the Eau Claire City Council about four or five years ago when you saw the flip over. People were just frustrated and wanted to start fresh uh, with the way things were there. Uh, congratulations to all of you who voted out there. I know it was like about, what, about a 30% turnout, which uh, some people complain is low. That's rather good uh, for, a, uh, for local elections. Uh, and don't always remember this too. Yes, 70% didn't vote. But there was probably another 20 to 30% who, by not voting, they just didn't feel a need to. You know, they're kind of passively in support. If anything else, they didn't feel motivated. They weren't... It's not necessarily... If you don't vote, it's not necessarily a clear endorsement of the way things are. But it is a sign that you're not upset enough to want to change it. 
Uh, city council is back to in-person meetings. About time. <laughs> you do worry. What will they do if case counts in this area begin to rise significantly? Already seen this. City of Philadelphia has gone back to indoor masking. Uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a hard hard door to shut again. If you're gonna try to do virtual meetings and all of that, I, I just I just don't agree with it. I I just don't. All right. You're back to in person. We're gonna stay at in person. Way things are, way things should have been for a while now. So in-person meetings. As I'm looking at, nothing like looking at something on my phone here and trying to make sure I didn't break something on my phone. <laughs> uh, council back to in-person meetings. Uh, some good news with the Oak Area School District, by the way. Late last week, Governor Tony Evers was here, awarded the Oak Area School District $160,000. Uh, they had asked for it was part of a uh, the Get Kids Ahead initiative, and basically schools could ask for the money, and they'd give it to them. And Oakware asked for it. Good for them. Hundred and sixty thousand dollars. It's to help kids with mental health, as rates of anxiety and depression have risen, and they were rising before the pandemic, and they've been expediated, if not if not just expediated. There's been more of a focus on that, which is good. Now, what this looks like to me, what this money is going to be used towards and all that, I, I'm not too sure uh, and, and what to do and really what are you talking about when you're talking about anxiety kids are facing right now. We'll see. I've got kids that are entering really into that age group where it becomes more noticeable. We've seen some issues maybe with our, uh, our fifth grade son and that he becomes more aware of uh, relationships at school and that being. But I'm in support of this. Now, you and I dealt with bad things when we were growing up. High school was terrible for me. I hated high school. I hated it. I know hate's a very strong word. I never like to use it. I hated it. Had some friends, but nothing that stuck. Always felt out of place, that sort of thing. You and I dealt with bad things. We, we dealt with bullying. We dealt with being dumped. Uh, we dealt with... Uh, fractured friendships or feeling like we were being ostracized by a group and, and and we all got through it we all got through it but who wouldn't have wanted more help and you'd always look at everybody else and you would think well they got it easy or the popular kid they've always got whatever thing they want or this or that and you always felt like you were kind of on your own so I'm in support of this I don't know what you are going, what what their game plan is to try to improve mental health? Are we just throwing money and saying, you know, here here's some money and it's fixed? I don't know. That's above something I have focused on, if you will. But this definitely cannot hurt. What also cannot hurt? Chippewa Falls finally getting a grocery store again. Uh, Festival Foods. This has long since been expected, but now official, and it's not going to be open for another about year, I think. Uh, but Festival Foods is going to go into Chippewa Falls over near where the Toyson Ford is. Uh, so Festival Foods going to Chippewa Falls. You think about Chippewa Falls, there is no grocery store there. There's little markets here and there. There's no grocery store. You have to go to the, the, the Lake Halley Walmart for something. Or people on the north side can go another 10 minutes north. I think Bloomer has a grocery store. 
but that's terrible that Chippewa Falls did not have a grocery store at all. And I know it's not just, oh, they were trying to, it wasn't like the people in Chippewa Falls were blocking a grocery store, but it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and we've had people on some of our podcasts from Chippewa Falls. We just had Mike Jordan on, banker with a beer, uh, with the Chippewa Falls Chamber of Commerce. And you think about this with Chippewa Falls. It's just barely small enough that it doesn't have city services. In, in, in this sense, it doesn't have certain chain restaurants. It doesn't hit the demographics for something like a grocery store. It doesn't. It, it's, it's amazing when you think about it. And, and one of those things there with, with Chippewa, you look at Menominee because Menominee's got UW Stout. They have a few more things that Chippewa Falls does not have. Uh, we're not going to get to it today. I'm going to save it for Thursday, but we will have a NIMBY alert. A NIMBY alert for the uh, the landfill negotiations at the town of Seymour. Uh, now, remember, NIMBY does not always mean that we are against the residents, the the neighbors, if you will. In this one, we're kind of in favor of the residents. Uh, landfill people, this, G, this GLF is trying to pull a fast one over the people in the town of Seymour and the town of Seymour people, are, I think, are getting very, very frustrated over this. Uh, we will discuss that, I think, on Thursday. Uh, see if there's anything else on Thursday. You know, we, we, we don't talk to... We'll, we'll save this for Thursday. Uh, Chippewa Falls Superintendent Jeff Holmes sent a letter out to parents late last week reaffirming the transgender policy in the bathrooms there. In Chippewa Falls. And I know that sort of thing is just a hot button issue. It's not as much of an issue as you think it is, though. With uh, the transgender bathroom policy. Uh, that's the sort of thing that becomes a dog whistle for conservative talk radio hosts. Uh, but there really isn't a story there. We'll talk about it in on Thursday. Uh, gas prices coming down. Uh, all that sort of all that sort of thing there. Uh, that is something, too, driving down south and uh, hearing some more talk, radio, and all of that. Uh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, there is some bad talk radio out there. Um, there's a lot of people peddling hate, which is not good. There is some lady in Madison, Valerie or something. She, she does an afternoon show. Heck, there was actually an, an AP story that's come out, too. She's she's off her rocker, all right, as far as being blood red conservative and what she discusses. Uh, but she was she's making up stories about things happening in schools and all these sort of things. And 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 that's the pro that's the problem with some with, with with this talk radio now is all entertainment, which is fine. But it's being passed off is being honest. It, it it's 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 like pro wrestling is not a competitive sport like football. The outcomes are determined. Uh, there's storylines and all of that. A lot of this conservative talk radio is entertainment. It's not news, but they pass it off as news. And I hope we never get to that point. I we could make a lot of money on this program. 
awful lot of money on this program. If we went all in, I'm being 100% conservative. We would make a lot of money. That's just the way it is. We'd make a lot of money if we took this show and all of our shows and went 100% on being all in conservative. Problem is, I'd only believe about 50 to at best 75% of it. And it would all be, so the, the other 50 to 25% would be a lie to you. Now, some of you would love it, but it would be a lie. It'd be a lie. We don't lie here. Of course, then again, it's, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> uh, we're back on Thursday, another edition of the program. All of that, if you're following us on Tuesday, bad weather coming in. So hope to see you all uh, still safe and sound on Thursday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.